everybody, and welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast from Your Life Choices, the website, the e-newsletters, and if you're not on it, you should be, and if you are, then tell all your friends because they should be as well. It's yourlifechoices.com.au. Me, John Deeks, and the publisher of said magazine is Kay Fallick, and she's here in the studio. Hello, Kay. Howdy, John. I've got uh, a confession to make. A confession to start the show. Do you want to go in the velvet box or do you want to just <laughs> no, tell everybody but right I, now? Um, do you know what you did just recently? Uh, you gave me your watch. I did. <laughs> and I put it into my bag thinking you'll say, give me my, my watch. And you haven't because you've got so many other things on your mind. And I like to confess that I can't possibly, and I know what I'll do, I'll take this watch home. Why did you give me your watch? Because the last time that I you noticed my watch, it was on the old daylight saving. Yes. And then you got it right for me. Yes. And now, hot damn, we've gone back into daylight saving yes. and I have no clue how to get it on the right time. I just thought you were giving me your watch. And I thought, I thought Kay's gone who mad. in my life knows how to fix my watch? Oh. Okay. John Deeks. Okay, look, I'm doing it now. I promise you I Do you am. You know, John, we were talking about your talents <laughs> and I realised we entirely missed your watch changing, well, time changing. As I was telling one of your compatriots, um, I love working in the laundry and <laughs> I love ironing. Seriously. So there you are. There's your watch back. Thank you, and John. the time is absolutely Thank correct. You. Thank you. It's mind your own retirement time. <laughs> so there you are. I've given your watch back. Um, I could not possibly, because I know what happened. I'd take it home with me. I'd go, oh my God, I've stolen Kay's watch. Well, you could give it to someone or sell no, it to I wouldn't. Something. No. How dare you say that? I respect you far too much. Have Sweet. you been well? I've been tickety boo. You've been busier than. Uh, Proverbial, mm. haven't you? Oh, it's all happening at your life choices. Wow! So, folks, please, mm. if you if you uh, know people who would benefit, and so many people would benefit from being on the Your Life Choices, it doesn't cost you anything. So, jump onto it and uh, and check out all the wonderful things we have, including today talking finance. We're going to South Africa a bit later on. Yes, on a road trip. On a road trip with with the, the lovely Dan. Yes, and also talking about. Uh, Age care with uh, someone very close to your heart, a lady by the name of Betty. 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 Queen Betty, Betty is Queen. joining us. All right. So there's a whole lot coming up on Your Life Choices. But right now, we're very happy to have our finances sorted out by William Jolly, who's on the line. Hello, William. Hi, John. How are you? Welcome to you, William. And here's Kay. Hello, William. Thank you so much for giving up time to help our retirees understand how to choose a term deposit. Hello, guys. Good to be here. So tell us, what should people be looking for? Well, I guess some of the most important things you should really consider are, first of all, the interest rate and also probably the term on the term deposit. I'd say those are probably two of the most important things. So, yeah, interest rates are not particularly good at the moment. Uh, term deposits have copped a bit of a beating lately. Obviously, there's been a three different uh, cuts to the cash rate. And so turn deposits have uh, fallen quite significantly in the, the last few months, unfortunately. Now, Kay, you, you'll be the expert at this. I'm going to pretend I know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure our retirees, one of the, the key things they're looking for is A, security, and B, return on the monies they've got. Well, I think the the tiny backgrounder here, John, is that most retirees are told it's good common sense to keep a year's income in a liquid 
form, yep. which which normally would have been uh, term deposits. Now we've watched the interest rate tumble, and people are getting to the point where they feel they'll be paying the bank to hold their money. So we're talking to people like William because we can't work out. It's a bit of a conundrum. If if the rates are down that low, mm. is there an answer, William? Well, yes, I'd say there still is. I mean, rates are quite poor at the moment. That, that doesn't mean you can't still get a good rate. I mean, um, inflation's at about 1.7% at the moment, and there are quite a few turn deposits that are below that. So if you're with one of those, your money's probably going to be going backwards, which isn't ideal. I mean, you still might like the security of having it just in one place, uh, but uh, if you do want to beat inflation, there are definitely uh, some products out there that can do it. I think because we, uh, savings.com.au, we compare turn deposit rates on a monthly basis. And uh, some of the highest rates we've seen are sort of around the 2 to 2.1% mark. Okay. That's about, yeah. So that's, uh, and then the other ones are sort of around 1. 1.8, 1.9%. So not fantastic, but it's still uh, better than nothing. So you've given us a benchmark. We won't name companies um, while we're talking to you, but there will be a link to savings.com.au on our podcast page so people can see clearly which are the performers there. But uh, can you just describe to us the difference between going for an interest rate but factoring in the length of the term deposit? How does that work? Well, so term deposits are a fixed investment product. So they range from about one month to five years. And basically, once you've got that money locked away, you can't withdraw it without facing a penalty. And so shorter term deposits will often have a much lower interest rate, like a one-month one might be sub 1% maybe. But uh, the longer ones, like sort of two, three, five years, uh, will probably have higher rates. Mm. And that's simply because the banks, they want to encourage people to stick around for as long as they can, because they then use that money to sort of fund their operations, like maybe lending people money for home loans. So, yeah, so uh, if you pick a longer term, you're more likely to get a a higher rate. And can you talk to us about the uh, normal payment of interest? Like at what point are you paid? Are you paid, say I put my money away for a year? Yeah, is it every month? Yeah, how often I don't clearly don't have one myself. Um, yeah, so uh, term deposits can pay you interest in different stages. Um, so, for example, they can, can pay you at maturity, which is when the term deposit ends, and that's basically one big lump sum of interest you get. And that's, well that's, when they, that's when they quite often say, do you want to roll it over? Yes, yes. So some term deposits will automatically roll over to basically just give you a new term deposit, uh, which means you won't have to do anything. You'll just get your money reinvested. But uh, it may also have a, a lower rate if rates have changed. So that mm. may or may not be ideal. You probably want to have a look around before your turn deposit reaches maturity to see if there's a better rate out there, which there could well be. Can you tell us about what your view of online-only banks are? Because this is quite a new development. Yeah, so there's been a couple of them popping up lately. I mean, I, I think they're pretty great, personally, because... Uh, you know the the online banks and uh, that they claim that they can sort of offer higher rates because they have less overheads. You know the the big banks might have to pay you know hundreds or thousands of staff. Yeah, where these online and they've banks got real estate really and they've got real estate everywhere. That's right. Yeah. So these these online banks they claim they can offer sort of better rates to their customers. And um, 
Well, I think you know, competition's hardly ever a bad thing, is it? I mean, if, if a new bank pops up uh, that's offering the highest rates in the market, then why wouldn't you consider them? I mean, the big banks don't offer terrific rates. Their rates are sort of around a mid sort of 1% region, mm. uh, which isn't terrific. I mean, some of these newer banks are those types of banks that are offering rates in excess of 2%. So I, I think they're, they're a great addition to the market. So uh, a question on that, because if you're a retiree or 60 plus, you've been around long enough to see what look like secure banks falling over, mm. newer banks, right, not the big four. Um, so how would you investigate an online bank like as an investor, what would you do, William, to make yourself feel better about this bank whose name you didn't know a week ago? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing to do always is just uh, do a bit of research online. I mean, our website compares uh, some of these um, new banks. And I mean, there's a bit of a, a myth that these sort of online banks aren't safe. I mean, that's not really true. I mean, any, any bank that can offer turn deposits is as safe as the other because they secure up to $250,000 worth of your money. So an online bank, uh, it will be just as safe as the big four, really. And if people would like to know more, Kay? Uh, what we're doing is we're putting a link to William's site on our website, so savings.com.au, and I'm on the site as we're speaking, and it's a great comparison tool. Terrific. Well, William, thank you so much indeed for giving up your time. And uh, if you uh, don't recall that website, folks, you can always go to Your Life Choices. It'll be up there as well on our information site. Thank you, William. Thanks, guys. William Jolly talking about term deposits. Very interesting indeed. And uh, because the banks, they don't give it to anymore. You used to be able to leave it in the bank. Forget about that. No, safe as banks. Next, yeah. we're going off to uh, South Africa, folks. Can't so wait. Get ready to, uh, to come for us on a trip. And a reminder that Your Life Choices does not hold an Australian Financial Services licence and all content and discussion is of a general nature only. Hello there, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well-priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Welcome back to Your Life Choices and uh, we're having a lot of fun today with uh, my dear friend, the publisher of Your Life Choices, the lovely Kay Fullock, and it's a Mind Your Own Retirement and we're off to South Africa. Who is this lovely person that's just joined us in the studio? One of your team members. And one of our team members, Dan Johns, is our much-loved copy editor. Oh, what does a copy editor do, Dan? Uh, tries to clean up the copy and make sure there are no errors and the stories are very easy to read. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Am I hearing a South African accent? Yes. <laughs> if I was going to South Africa and I wanted to drive around South Africa... What would I do, Dan? Well, uh, I depends. say that because you've just done that, haven't you? I have. 
and I did it with family, so mm-hmm. that's perhaps a bit different. In a Winnebago, I think I saw this movie once. Was no. Holiday Road. <laughs> you know, no, 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 I didn't do that. Um, we went much more comfortably staying in Airbnbs and other places along the way. Now, we don't hear much uh, about uh, the travelling around South Africa uh, on a road trip so much. We hear people going to specific places like down to the Cape or going to one of the game parks, etc. Um, but a road trip, where did you start? Where did you finish? Started in Johannesburg and finished back in Johannesburg. But where, Which route did you take? We split it up. We went down to a place called Prince Albert, which is sort of in the northern Cape. And we stopped along the way. It's about seven hours drive just to get Halfway From Joburg to... Halfway to Prince Albert. Spent the night at a very nice place um, in the middle of nowhere, beautiful sunsets, beautiful animals to see, lovely country food. And then the next day, another seven hours, and we arrived at Prince Albert, which is at the base of a very beautiful pass. There's a lovely mountain range that um, goes all along from... Well, it's along the garden route is on one side. Have you heard ah, of that? the garden route, of course, yes. Yes, and on the that. inland side is this little town I'm talking about. So, so we're on the way. What would be the next big, big city you're well, on Well, the, the next big city, perhaps Stellenbosch. Uh-huh. Has anybody heard of that? Well, is that where beer comes from? Uh, wine, <laughs> um, specifically lots of wine, beautiful vineyards. Right. But then again... And then we, to Cape Town. To Cape, so we're heading down that away, right? Yes, Got it. heading west. So yeah. So we really stayed in small towns um, along the way to Cape Town. But this specific route is known as Route 62, which is very similar to the Route 66 of California. The famous route, yeah. That's right. So towns that were important in the past are no longer um, important because the road just bypasses them. And so what we did was visit the towns along the way. Exactly. What did you discover? We discovered that it's very, very dry at the moment, um, drought-stricken, um, people desperate for rain, mm. um, but still very beautiful desert-like place, a bit like the Nullarbor, I would imagine. Mm. And then when we got to Stellenbosch, we discovered it was much lusher mm. and um, beautiful wine farms and um, beautiful food. Uh, then on to the West Coast, before we went to Cape Town, we went to a place called Patanosta, which is a little town, a fishing village with um, whitewashed houses, um, also lovely seafood restaurants. Um, and then from there we went on to Cape Town. So, Dan, question. It's not inexpensive to fly from Australia to and from uh, South Africa. So for people on fixed income, what what would make you go to South Africa and do such a road trip? Well, um, it isn't um, cheap to fly, but you can look for deals and there are some specials outside of school holidays. Mm. And then the exchange rate is um, a winner as long as you don't go to a game park um, because it's about one to 10, right. so, or 1 to 9. Yes. So um, it means your food and your petrol's expensive, um, but if you do diesel, you're better off um, and you can hire a car for a very good price. 
And food and accommodation all affordable? Accommodation's affordable. Okay. Um, you know, you can do Airbnbs or... Did you book uh, that over here, the Airbnbs, or did you do it while you were on the road? Um, I did it in advance because I like to have the choice. And I think if you do it at the last minute, you sometimes don't get the best places. So we're in Cape Town. We're now travelling through to uh, along the coast, I take it, back? Yeah, well, once after we'd spent about five days in Cape Town, and Cape Town is just beautiful. There are mountains on all sides. Um, One of the world's great harbours. Great harbour, lovely art galleries, beautiful um, gardens to visit. Lots of interesting things to do. And then um, after that, we more or less took the same route back. Okay. Just stopped in a different place, but it's very similar. And it's a long distance. So, I mean, to get down to the Cape driving is um, quite an undertaking. But I think if you're adventurous and, you know, you like doing your own thing. And also, just the last thing, um, the roads... Those country roads are really good and people are generally very well behaved on the roads. And um, It's a welcome relief, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, I think it's surprising. I think the cities are more um, perhaps crazier. Yeah, crazier and maybe a bit more dangerous. I found the countryside was um, very so, safe. Dan, the danger word, security, um, probably we get some not so good press coming out of South Africa and that's often related to cities. How is it on a road trip? Do you feel secure just driving around? We felt very secure. Um, I think the important thing is to listen to what the local people say. And when you're staying at um, remote hotels or whatever, talk to the people. And, you know, you discover a lot of stuff. Local knowledge way. is king, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's the same with the cities. You just want to be careful about your, you know, be aware of your personal space. When you stop at a traffic light, make sure you don't have um, your bag on your lap because it encourages people to perhaps do things that you really don't want them to do. And, um, yeah, just be aware of what's going on around you. Common sense. Fine. Yeah, don't hang around in um, dark places at night on your own. Where were you uh, brought up? Where, where was your home in South Africa? Um, I came from a town called Grahamstown, which mm. is near Port Elizabeth on the east coast. I'm surprised you didn't get down to Port Elizabeth after your Cape visit. Well, maybe there's a story for another day because Hello. I've done the garden route, which starts around about in Port Elizabeth, yeah. and then you take... The, the coastal route, which is very Durban, beautiful. Yeah. I'd say you do that before you do what I, I've i just done. Thank you, Dan, for giving up sir, your time today. And um, we would like to know where we would, should go. I guess the South African tourism? Uh, South African tourism have so much information. We'll put a link up there and I'll ask Leon nicely if we can get a map ah, with Route 62 on it because yes. I think a picture tells a thousand... It words. does too. Yeah. Have you got any photos we could pop up as well? Yeah, family uh, photos. Yeah. <laughs> I be... do, actually. <laughs> That's great. Well, can't wait to Perfect. tell Leon. Yes. <laughs> got some work for you, fella. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed, Dan. My pleasure. Dan, Dan Johns on the road in South Africa. We're coming back right after this. We've got a lovely lady who's 92. Her name's Betty. She's coming up next.
Welcome back. It's Mind Your Own Retirement from Your Life Choices, the website and also the e-newsletters on yourlifechoices.com.au. Kay Fallock, the publisher, and me, John Deeks. And we have a very special friend of yours on the line, madam. We have the most special person in the world. It must be your mum. It's my mum. <laughs> and of course, her name is Betty. Hello, <laughs> Betty. Hello, <laughs> John. Are we allowed to say how old you are, Betty? I'm 92 and very proud of it. God bless you, darling. That is fantastic. Can you uh, can you tell me what uh, sort of a little girl Kay Fallick uh, was when she was growing up? Well, she was a very sprightly little girl, had plenty of confidence, I must add, <laughs> much more than her brother. Yeah. <laughs> but she was always a dear little girl. Oh, well, she's a very dear grown-up now. I can assure you of that, and we, we love working with her. She's an absolute treat. Um, now, we're, we're talking about uh, aged care, and Kay, I'll let you take this away. Uh, the, the conversation in the office with Janelle was that she really wanted someone who'd navigated moving into aged care to tell us first person what it's like. So um, happily mum has agreed to take us through the steps and the first question that we're asking mum, Betty, is um, how far out did you start thinking you might go into aged care? Well, I first thought about it when my husband was alive and with dad and he had dementia. When he had a good day, I voiced my thoughts, but he thought we were fine. So I let that slide. It was not until after he was in care and I alone, I started rethinking my future. And when he passed away, and my own health was deteriorating. I knew it was time to do something, and I did not want to be a burden and worry to my family. Also, my doctor was urging me to do something too. He recommended where I am today, and I'm very fortunate that he still attends me here. So I'm... I think the lucky thing for our family, Mum, was that you did the thinking and you were the decision Quite maker. Right, because a lot of people can be very uh, against wanting to move. They, they're frightened. They don't want to move into aged care and they want to stay where they are. And uh, sometimes uh, that might be a good thing, but other times they do need more intense uh, maintenance, don't they? They need to be looked after. Well, watching someone who's frail and... Mum referred to Dad passing away. She was in a big house mm. with stairs yeah. and she was really very worn down from him being unwell and because she was so frail, I think my brother and I were very concerned yeah. and clearly Mum's doctor, so there's another important part of the puzzle, clearly her doctor was active. So Mum, what are the kind of things you were thinking about to select the aged care residents where you've ended up? Well, first of all, I wanted to still stay in the vicinity of the area where I'd lived all my life and therefore keeping in touch with my friends, which I'd made over a lifetime. 
Also, I belong to a senior citizens club where I used to dance for many, many hours. And I wanted to be still be able to go to that, not that I can dance anymore, but I could still go and meet my friends and go by taxi from the nursing home. So it's all about community. It is, definitely. I would have liked to have known what it was like to have lived in one and perhaps had I thought of it, I might have gone into Rescide for a couple of weeks and find out about community living and the way you have to share different things. But uh, we have a good lifestyle here. We have lifestyle people who organise so many activities. And uh, I've been to a ukulele group from the U3A this morning listen to 18 people playing the ukulele. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Uh, you're, listening to the, you're listening to the voice of Betty, 92 years young. She is Kay's mum and we're talking about uh, age care. And also, Mum, in the last week, I'm aware that she uh, won the prize for best outfit for Oaks Day. Wow. Uh-huh. And she... Did has... you have a fascinator, Betty? No, no. I had a big black hat with um, flowers on it and feathers to match my blue dress. And I got out some of the old jewellery and <laughs> put some earrings on. No, it was a lot of fun. I won a bottle of champagne. Fantastic. <laughs> and Fantastic. then she's also represented... Um, the Fallen in the Remembrance Day service, I believe. Is that right, Mum? That is quite right. I have been doing it for many years. I believe I'm the only war widow in this aged care facility. So, yes. Betty, just a, a, a bit off track, but I've got to ask you this question. We've spoken on this uh, Mind Your Own Retirement podcast in the past about age. And I've said, and we would all agree, we've met old people who are in their 30s. We've met young people who are in their 90s. What is what is your, uh, what are some of the, the guidelines that Betty has to stay young? Because you sound so vital still. Well, I try to join in everything there is because, I've noticed since I've been in here that people, in my opinion, have degenerated quite a lot because they won't join in, they keep to themselves and then they become very reclusive. And I think the essence is to join in everything and uh, we all enjoy each other's company and um, I think that's about what it is. Keep the mind active. Well, there's yes. so much on offer where mum is in terms of book groups and and sort of feeding the brain. So she's been doing crosswords on someone's tablet up there. Mm. And so there, it's there if you want it is what I'm hearing. Um, but you have to actually get out of bed and do it. 
Yeah. Quite right. Betty, um, it's an honour to speak to you and uh, I hope that this is not the last time we, we interview you because you're, you're a, a wonderful resource and also a, a fabulous inspiration. Oh, thank you, John. And before we go, can you tell me one thing, Kay, your daughter who's opposite me, can you tell me one of the naughtiest things she ever did as a child? Dear, don't, dear don't, don't, you don't have to answer that. Mark. I'm sure there's a list. I'm sure there's a list, but there's. Oh, is, is there really? Is there really one thing you go? I'll never forget the time Kay <laughs> did blah blah blah. Maybe it was the time Mum stole the money, didn't go to the butcher, bought the book, went under my bed, read the book, and hoped you wouldn't notice. <laughs> Kay, if, if she's just found out about that, good on you. Now, now you're in trouble. Betty's going, I, ne- I wonder where that meat was. Oh. She well, went back to the butcher. Oh, dearie me. But how wonderful you got a book. There you are. That, that just shows you how you, you were destined to become well, a journalist. Sent, she was sent back with a note to the, where the bookshop was uh, explaining and the man gave her her money back and then she went to the butchers and we got our meat for tea. How, how old were you, Kay? Oh, 21. Oh, you were not. (laughs) Betty, thank you so much for giving up your time today. Oh, thank you, John. Many years ahead for you and we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Mind your own retirement with the lovely Betty, Kay's mum on the line. Oh, that was just so fantastic. (laughs) What a lovely lady. I know. You've got a new favourite now. Oh, she is gorgeous. First it was me, then it was Janelle, now it's Betty. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're going to uh, leave uh, this podcast with uh, one of your famous nuggets. A nugget. A nugget for you. December the 1st, pinch punch, first of the month. What does it mean? Well, um, I think it's just a bit of rhyming fun. Rhyming fun. But you can't do it now because otherwise, um, you know, the, the, the... People in HR will come down and say, you can't be hurting the staff. <laughs> oh, so we can't pinch and No, punch. no, you can do it to me. I like it. Okay, here I go. Uh, it comes from old English times when people thought witches were around. Oh. So the pinch was the salt would fight the witch. Ah, so you had to have a pinch, pinch of, of salt, salt. Yes. And then the punch was to banish the witch. Right. So there you go. There you are, pinching a punch first a of the month. Pinching a punch first of the month. Do you still throw a bit of salt over your shoulder if you do? Remember if the... I spilt it, I would. Yeah, throw, yes. throw it over the shoulder. But now I've got a stupid grinder, so it's hard to. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck the grinder over and hit the old man on the head. Oh, well, throw How'd it across the table. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, like I threw the thing over the side. Oh, that's horrible. Well, <laughs> pinching a punch first of the month, everybody. Happy December, everybody. Mind your own retirement, the podcast from Your Life Choices. Please go to the website. Please leave a comment. Please be nice. But no, we do want to hear everything you have. And also, if you know somebody who would benefit from your life choices, make sure they sign up. Don't won't cost them a penny. And there's so much information, it's really worthwhile. Kay, we'll see you next time. Perfect. Thank you, John.